Let's see if I can do this. Good morning. I, I can't do the good morning like he does. <laughs> How are you this morning, though? All right. If you'll stand with me and turn your Bibles to Mark 1, verse 14. Our scripture today will be 14 through 20. Once again, that is Mark 4, 1, 14 through 20. And if you'll stand, if you stand, if you're willing and able for the reading of God's word. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately... They left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in, the, in their boats mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. If you bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we love you. We thank you for this gathering here, Lord. We thank you for the word that is preached this morning, Lord. The fact that we have a word that teaches us who you are, teaches us your will, and speaks directly to our hearts. Be with me this morning as I preach your word, Lord, that you'll cast aside everything in me, Lord, that you'll take the, the, the filth, the, the darkness of my heart, Lord, and set it aside and let your pure light show through this word. That you, that you will give me the words to preach, Lord, and that you'll convict the hearts of who needs, who needs to be convicted through this message, Lord, that you will speak directly to this congregation. We love you, we thank you, and we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. So going into this, I found out I was preaching this morning. So usually I have a nice list of notes and everything, so bear with me this morning. It might be a little bit rough. Now after John was arrested... Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. A lot of people today, even if you open up that hymnal in front of you, a lot of people today will tell you that the Christ kingdom is not here yet. There's actually one of, one of my favorite songs growing up. It was done by Delirious, and it's in that, that hymnal. It says, Sing to the king who is coming to reign. His kingdom will bring life, light, and salvation. This right here speaks directly against that mentality that Christ is here today. His kingdom is here today. It was established when he walked this earth. It was the pinnacle of salvation for us. Moses in the Old Testament, Abraham in the Old Testament, looked forward to the cross. That Roman guard who stabbed Christ's side looked at the cross, and today we look back at the cross. That is the moment that the kingdom was established, that death was defeated, and we have life everlasting through the blood of Christ. So when he says, this time, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. That is everybody from eternity past to eternity future that is covered by the blood of Christ. That, that kingdom was established when Christ was baptized, when Christ took over that mantle as prophet, priest, and king. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. 
we look at the disciples, we know they weren't the smartest, the brightest, the wealthiest, the most distinct men in this world. But neither are we. We look at these men who lived paycheck to paycheck like most of us do. They, they didn't have a wealth that they could rely on. They relied on God to provide day by day by day. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. When we are called to Christ, it is the Holy Spirit doing a work within us so we can acknowledge that righteousness. That we can take our heart of flesh, actually he takes our heart of flesh or stone and turns it into something that he that we can recognize his righteousness with. There's not a distinct, oh, well, let me wrestle with this for a little while. Let me uh, go ahead and open that knobless, that handleless door and let Jesus in. When the Holy Spirit calls you to himself, we have no choice but to follow that. Just like these men here were called by Christ. Hey, you on the boat, come here, come here, you're mine now. I'm gonna make you fishers of men. You're going to leave everything else behind. You're going to leave this world behind. Everything you know, everything you love, everything you like, the darkest part of your heart that admires everything in this world. And you're going to love the life I give you. You're going to love the spirit I give you. You're going to love the gospel I teach you. The discipleship that is going to be brought upon you. And what I love is they immediately dropped their nets and followed him. There was no if, and, or buts. It wasn't a 15-minute altar call saying, oh, you in the back? Uh, yeah, I saw a hand in the back. We're waiting for one more person. It wasn't an emotionally drastic episode of a pastor up here whining and begging someone to go forward so he could be fulfilled. It was an immediate dropping because the Spirit called them to Christ. You have to think, they were leaving everything they knew. They were fishermen. They had simple lives. They weren't leaving a lot, but they were leaving their life, their family, their friends, the jobs, their homes. And going a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. If you don't know uh, who these two are, these, are the, these two are referred to as the sons of thunder. They are, they are my favorite pair of disciples because they cause trouble. I love it. But who were in their boats mending their nets? So they were working. These two were working. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. So this paints a picture that they're leaving who they are. They're leaving what they've known. And the sons of Zebedee actually leaving a decently prospering business, so a lot of theologians and historians look at. He had, he had hired people. He had other people working on the boat. He, it was a small business or maybe medium-sized business that they were relied upon. They were probably, you know, helping out and kind of leading the way for these other guys, to teaching them because they grew up doing this. And Christ walks up and says, hey, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. How many times in our lives, how many times in your prayer life, when you're reading scripture, the convictions of your heart. I know personally when I dive into scripture, I'm constantly convicted. But how many times do we actually look at this and say, I need to change. I need to take who I am and cast that aside and listen 
to what the word is teaching me. These men left everything. And we'd rather watch TV than read the word of God. We would rather get on Facebook and chat with someone than dive into prayer with our God who created everything. We would rather live in the world than to live in Christ. These men were nothing special. They were chosen by God, just like every one of us that are elected to Christ. The Holy Spirit does his work in our heart. We can recognize and seek after the righteousness of God. From that moment, we leave everything and we become fishers of men. We become the ones who disciple others, whether it's in a church setting here, or whether it's a Bible study at your home, or taking your children and discipling them, raising them in a Christian lifestyle, in a Christian walk, teaching them the word, teaching them what you have been taught. This is a serious thing in today's world because we go out of these doors and we go watch TV, we go out to eat, we go do this, we go do that. When we should go out these doors and continue the same exact thing we were doing in here. I am guilty of it myself. I don't know how many times I would rather go watch TV than actually dive into the word of God or dive into an hour of prayer or whatever it may be. I am just as guilty of it. But these men were called and they dropped everything. How many of us have dropped everything for a moment with Christ? How many of us have taken our lives and said, no, I'm done. Christ comes first. It's an amazing thing to really look at and think about. As I'm preaching this, my heart is convicted, probably more so than any of y'all. The fact that Christ called four guys in this story right here, in this passage. They left everything. Not a word was said. Not an if, and, or but. We saw the young rich ruler. Hey, uh, give up everything. Give away your money. Give away your possessions. And come follow me. We saw another young man. What, do, what does it take to, for me to follow you? Drop everything and come with me. Well, I need to go. My dad's sick. I need to go do. Let the dead bury the dead. Get rid of your stuff. If your stuff comes between you and Christ, which one should you choose? Someone in here likes to say there's no hearse or the, no U-Haul on the back of a hearse. And that is one of the truest statements in the world. Because we have nothing in this life minus the forgiveness, the mercy, and the grace of God that will ever impress Christ. The biggest thing that, that we have in our life is that sin that makes our salvation necessary. That's the only thing that stands between us and God, not our, not our stuff. That, we can get rid of that. But the only way to get rid of that sin is by the blood of Christ. And all it takes is to come follow me. Drop everything you're doing and run after Christ. Follow Christ. And that leads me to communion this morning. The fact that with these lives we lead, myself included, we need to be on a daily basis examining ourselves. If we have anger, hatred, jealousy, deep-rooted sin in our hearts, we need to, before we get to the point of communion, 
before we walk through these doors, we need to take a serious look at ourselves throughout the week, every day, morning, noon, and night. Where is my heart? Is my heart more Christ-like or am I harboring anger? Am I harboring hatred, jealousy? Am I lying and just not, not even worried about it? Where's the conviction? Looking at your heart and examining yourself to where you are between that infinitely amazing, majestic, righteous God. Where does your heart stand before him? I would ask that you would stand and that if Billy and Brother Patrick can come forward and help with uh, communion this morning.